Today is the 9th of August 2019. Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to explore what it means to have a regular rhythm of worship together. It's wet, it's dank, it's overcast, it's the opposite of what it was yesterday, and it looks like we're going to have a bit of a wet weekend as well. So I hope wherever you are, as we look forward to the weekend, that you're going to have a really good weekend, culminating obviously as we celebrate together in worship on Sunday. If you are joining us for the very first time, let me say thank you and explain that each episode follows a really simple pattern of prayer, scripture and music. Having explained how it works, let's start today's leg of walking the way with our opening prayer. Let's pray, shall we? Dear Lord and Father, thank you that you promised that where two or more are gathered, you are there in their midst. And so, Lord, we welcome you amongst us today and celebrate the gift of life that you have lavished upon each of us. We ask that you would open our ears so that we may hear your voice. Open our minds so that we may receive your eternal wisdom. Open our spirits so that we may know your leading and guidance. And open our hearts so that we may receive your wonderful love. We ask all this in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to have our first piece of music to give us, to give us some time to centre our thoughts on God. And then we're going to get into our Bible readings for today. And in today's Bible readings, we read more about the kings of Judah and Israel and Jesus heals on the Sabbath. But we'll see you on the other side.
Let's ask God to speak to us through the scriptures this morning. Father, we ask that you would prepare our hearts as we read scripture this morning. Open our hearts and minds to the mysteries. And help us to understand what you're trying to say to us through the words today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And for the final time this week, our Bible readings are taken from the God Word translation. And we're beginning with 1 Kings 15. In the 18th year of the reign of Jeroboam, Naboth's son, Abijam began to rule in Judah. He ruled for three years in Jerusalem. His mother was Micah, son of Absalom. He followed the sinful example his father had set and wasn't committed to the Lord his God, as his ancestor David had been. But for David's sake, the Lord his God made Abijam a lamp in Jerusalem. He appointed David's descendants to rule after him and protect Jerusalem. The Lord did this because David did what the Lord considered right. David never failed to do anything the Lord commanded him to do his entire life, except in the matter concerning Uriah the Hittite. There was war between Abijam and Rehoboam throughout their lives. Isn't everything else about Abijam, everything he did, written in the official records of the kings of Judah? There was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. Abijam lay down in death with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. His son Asa succeeded him as king. In Jeroboam's twentieth year as king of Israel, Asa began to rule as king of Judah. He ruled forty-one years in Jerusalem. His grandmother was named Markah, daughter of Absalom. Asa did what the Lord considered right, as his ancestor David had done. He forced the male prostitutes out of the land and got rid of the idols his father had made. He also removed his grandmother Marka from the position of queen mother because she made a statue of the repulsive goddess Asherah. Asa cut the statue down and burnt it in the Kidron Valley. Although the illegal worship sites were not torn down, Asa remained committed to the Lord his entire life. He brought into the Lord's temple the silver, the gold, and the utensils he and his father had set apart as holy. There was war between Asa and King Baasha of Israel as long as they lived. King Baasha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah to keep everyone from going to or coming from King Asa of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace and turned them over to his officials. King Asa sent them to Damascus, to Aram's king's Benadad, son of Tibramim, and grandson of Hesion. He said, There is a treaty between you and me, as there was between your father and my father. I am sending you a present of silver and gold. Now break your treaty with King Basha of Israel, so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad did what King Asa requested. He sent his generals and their armies to attack the cities of Israel. He conquered Ijon, Dan, Abel-Beth-Makkah, and the entire region around Chinneroth, within the entire territory of Naphtali. When Basha heard the news, he stopped fortifying Ramah and lived in Terzah. Then King Asa drafted everyone in Judah and excused no one. He made them carry the stones and lumber from Ramah. Basha had been using these to fortify the city. King Asa used the materials to fortify Geba and Benjamin and Mizpah. Isn't everything about Asa, all his heroic acts, everything he did and the cities he fortified, 
written in the official records of the kings of Judah. But when he was old, he had a foot disease. Asa lay down on death with his ancestors. He was buried with his ancestors in the city of his ancestor David. His son Jehoshaphat succeeded him as king. Nabad, son of Jeroboam, began to rule Israel in Asa's second year as king of Judah. He ruled for two years. He did what the Lord considered evil, living as his father did, leading Israel into the same sins. Then Basha, son of Ahijah, of the tribe of Issachar, plotted against Nadab. Basha assassinated him in the Philistine city of Gibbethon, while Nabad and the Israelite forces were attacking it. The assassination happened in Asa's third year as king of Judah. Basha succeeded Nadab as king of Israel. As soon as he was king, he killed everyone else in Jeroboam's family. He did not spare a soul as the Lord had spoken through his servant Ahijah from Shiloh. This was because of Jeroboam's sins and the sins that he led Israel to commit. Those sins made the Lord God of Israel furious. Isn't everything else about Nadab, everything he did, written in the official records of the kings of Israel? There was war between Asa and Basha as long as they lived. In Asa's third year as king of Judah, Basha son of Ahijah began to rule Israel and Terzah. He ruled for twenty-four years. He did what the Lord considered evil. He lived like Jeroboam and led Israel into committing the same sins. In the eighteenth year of the reign of Jeroboam, Abijah began to rule in Judah. He ruled for three years in Jerusalem. His mother was named Micaiah, daughter of Uriel from Gibeah. There was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Abijah prepared for battle with an army of 400,000 of his best soldiers, while Jeroboam arranged to oppose him with 800,000 of the best professional soldiers. Then Abijah stood on Mount Zemariah in the mountains of Ephraim. He called out, Jeroboam and all Israel, listen to me. Don't you know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom of Israel to David and his descendants forever in a permanent promise? But Jeroboam, Nabat's son, rebelled against his master. He had been the servant of David's son Solomon. Worthless, good-for-nothing men gathered round him. They opposed Rehoboam, son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was too young and experienced to challenge them. Do you now intend to challenge the Lord's kingdom, which has been placed in the hands of David's descendants? You are a large crowd, and you have gold calves that Jeroboam made to be your gods. You forced out the Lord's priests who were Aaron's descendants, and you forced out the Levites so that you could appoint your own priests, as the people in foreign countries do. Anyone who has a young bull and seven rams can be ordained as a priest of non-existent gods. However, the Lord is our God. We haven't abandoned him. The priests who serve the Lord are Aaron's descendants, and the Levites assist them. They sacrifice burnt offerings to the Lord every morning and every evening. They offer sweet-smelling incense and rows of bread on a, on the clean table. The lamps on the gold lampstand burn every evening. We're following the instructions the Lord our God gave us, but you have abandoned him. God is with us as our leader. His priests will sound their trumpets to call the army to fight you. Men of Israel, don't wage war against the Lord God of your ancestors. You won't succeed. But Jeroboam had set an ambush to attack them from behind. So Jeroboam's army was in front of Judah, and the ambush was behind them. When Judah's soldiers looked round, the battle was in front of them and behind them. 
they cried out to the Lord, and the priests blew their trumpets, and the men of Judah shouted. When they shouted, God attacked Jeroboam and all Israel in front of Abijah and Judah. The Israelites fled from Judah's army, and God handed them over to Judah. So Abijah and his men defeated them decisively, and 500,000 of the best men of Israel were killed. So the Israelites were humbled at that time, and the men of Judah won because they trusted the Lord God of their ancestors. Abijah pursued Jeroboam and captured some of his cities, Bethel and its villages, Jeshana and its villages, and Ephron and its villages. Jeroboam never regained power during Abijah's time. The Lord caused Jeroboam to become sick and Jeroboam died. But Abijah became strong. He married 14 wives and fathered 22 sons and 16 daughters. Everything else about Abijah, how he lived and what he did, is written in the history of the prophet Edo. Abijah lay down in death with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. His son Asa succeeded him as king. In Asa's time, the land had peace for ten years. Asa did what the Lord his God considered good and right. He got rid of the altars of foreign gods, broke down the sacred stones, and cut down the poles dedicated to the goddess Asherah. He told the people of Judah to dedicate their lives to serving the Lord God of their ancestors, and follow his teaching and commands. He got rid of those illegal places of worship, and the altars for incense in all the cities of Judah. The kingdom was at peace during his reign. He built fortified cities in Judah because the land had peace. There was no war during those years because the Lord had given him a time of peace. So Asa told Judah, Let's build these cities and make walls around them with towers and doors that can be barred. The country is still ours because we have dedicated our lives to serving the Lord our God. We have dedicated our lives to Him, and He has surrounded us with peace. So they built the cities, and everything went well. Asa had an army of 300,000 Judeans, who were armed with large shields and spears, and 280,000 Benjamites, who were armed with small shields and bows. All of these men were good fighting men. Then Zerah from Sudan came with one million men and three hundred chariots to attack Asa. Zerah got as far as Marishah. Asa went to confront him, and the two armies set up their battle lines in the Zephathath Valley in Marishah. Asa called on the Lord his God. He said, Lord, there is no one except you who can help those who are not strong, so that they can fight against a large army. Help us, Lord our God, because we are depending on you. In your name we go against this large crowd. You are the Lord God. Don't let anyone successfully oppose you. The Lord attacked the Sudanese army in front of Asa and Judah. The Sudanese army fled. Asa and his troops pursued them as far as Gerar. Many of the Sudanese died in battle. As a result, the Sudanese army couldn't fight anymore. It was crushed in front of the Lord and his army. The Lord's army captured a lot of goods. It attacked all the cities around Gerar, because the cities were afraid of the Lord. The army looted all the cities, because there were many things to take. It also attacked those who were letting their cattle graze, and captured many sheep and camels. Then it returned to Jerusalem. Matthew 12 Then on a day of rest, a holy day, Jesus walked through the grain fields. His disciples were hungry, 
and began to pick the heads of grain to eat. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing something that is not right to do on the day of rest, a holy day. Jesus asked them, Haven't you read what David did when he and his men were hungry? Haven't you read how he went into the house of God and ate the bread of the presence? He and his men had no right to eat those loaves. Only the priests have that right. Or haven't you read in Moses' teachings that on the day of rest, a holy day, the priests in the temple do things they shouldn't do on the day of rest, yet remain innocent? I can guarantee that something greater than the temple is here. If you'd known what I want mercy, not sacrifice, means, you would not have condemned innocent people. The Son of Man has authority over the day of rest, a holy day. Jesus moved on from there and went into a synagogue. A man with a paralyzed hand was there. The people asked Jesus whether it was right to heal on a day of rest, a holy day, so they could accuse him of doing something wrong. Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a sheep. If it falls into a pit on the day of rest, a holy day, wouldn't you take hold of it and lift it out? Certainly a human is more valuable than a sheep. So it is right to do good on the day of rest, a holy day. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. The man held it out, and it became normal again, as healthy as the other. The Pharisees left and plotted to kill Jesus. He knew about this, so he left that place. Many people followed him, and he cured all of them. He also ordered them not to tell them who he was. So what the prophet Isaiah said came true. Here is my servant, whom I have chosen, whom I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will announce justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or shout, and no one will hear his voice in the streets. He will not break off a damaged cattail. He will not even put out a smoking wick until he has made justice victorious. The nations will have hope because of him. Then some people brought Jesus a man possessed by a demon. The demon made the man blind and unable to talk. Jesus cured him so that he could talk and see. The crowds were all amazed and said, Can this man be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man can force demons out of people only with the help of Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. Since Jesus knew what they were thinking, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is ruined, and every city and household divided against itself will not last. If Satan forces Satan out, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom last? If I force demons out of people with the house of Beelzebul, who helps your followers force them out? That's why they will be your judges. But if I force demons out with the help of God's Spirit, then God's kingdom has come to you. How can anyone go into a strong man's house and steal his property? First, he must tie up the strong man. Then he can go through his house and steal his property. Whoever isn't with me is against me. Whoever doesn't gather with me scatters. So I can guarantee that people will be forgiven for any sin or cursing. However, cursing the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this world or the next. Make a tree good, and then its fruit will be good. Or make a tree rotten, and then its fruit will be rotten. A person can recognize a tree by its fruit. You poisonous snakes! How can you evil people say anything good? 
Your mouth says what comes from inside you. Good people do the good things that are in them, but evil people do the evil things that are in them. I can guarantee that on Judgment Day, people will have to give an account for every careless word they say. By your words you will be declared innocent, and by your words you will be declared guilty. Then some experts in Moses' teaching and the Pharisees said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign. He responded, The people of an evil and unfaithful era look for a miraculous sign, but the only sign they will get is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up with you at the time of judgment and will condemn you because they turned to God and changed the way they thought and acted when Jonah spoke his message. But look, someone greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will stand up at the time of judgment with you. She will condemn you because she came from the ends of the earth to hear Solomon's wisdom. But look, someone greater than Solomon is here. When an evil spirit comes out of a person, It goes through dry places looking for a place to rest, but it doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to the home I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. They enter and take up permanent residence there. In the end, the condition of that person is worse than it was before. That is what will happen to evil people on this day. While Jesus was still talking to the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside. They wanted to talk to him. Someone told him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to talk to you. He replied to the man speaking to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing with his hands at his disciples, he said, Look, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does what my Father in heaven wants is my brother and sister and mother. Ecclesiastes 5 Watch your step when you go to the house of God. It's better to go there and listen than to bring the sacrifices fools bring. Fools are unaware that they are doing something evil. Don't be in a hurry to talk. Don't be eager to speak in the presence of God, since God is in heaven and you are on earth. Limit the number of your words. Daydreaming comes when there are too many worries. Careless speaking comes when there are too many words. When you make a promise to God, don't be slow to keep it because God doesn't like fools. Keep your promise. It's better not to make a promise than to make one and not keep it. Don't let your mouth talk you into committing a sin. Don't say in the presence of a temple messenger, my promise was a mistake. Why should God become angry at your excuse and destroy what you've accomplished? In spite of many daydreams, pointless actions and empty words, you should still fear God. Don't be surprised if you see poor people being oppressed, denied justice or denied their rights in any district. One authority is watching over another and they both have authorities watching over them. Yet, a king is an advantage for a country with cultivated fields. Whoever loves money will never be satisfied with money. Whoever loves wealth will never be satisfied with more income. Even this is pointless. As the number of goods increase, so do the number of people who consume them. What do owners gain from all their goods except the opportunity to look at them? The sleep of working people is sweet, 
whether they eat a little or a lot, but the full stomachs that rich people have will not allow them to sleep. There is a painful tragedy that I have seen under the sun. Riches lead to the downfall of those who hoard them. Those hoarded riches were then lost in bad business deals. The owners had children, but now they have nothing to give them. They came from their mother's womb naked. They will leave as naked as they came. They won't even be able to take a handful of their earnings with them from all their hard work. This is also a painful tragedy. They leave exactly as they came. What advantage do they gain from working so hard for the wind? They spend their entire lives in darkness, in constant frustration, sickness and resentment. At last I have seen what is good and beautiful. It is to eat and drink and to enjoy the good in all our hard work under the sun during the brief lives God gives us. This is our lot in life. It is a gift from God when God gives some people wealth and possessions, the power to enjoy them, the ability to accept their lot in life, and the ability to rejoice in their own hard work. These people won't give much thought to their brief lives, because God keeps them occupied with the joy of their hearts. We're going to have our second piece of music just to give us some time to think about the bits of scripture that have caught our attention, and there's been quite a few there for me. And after the music, we'll say our prayers for the day and the time of the year.
Before we say our prayers for today, just a reminder that if you'd like us to pray with you, then drop us a line through the usual channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and email. And check the show notes for all the contact details. There are links there. If you click them, they'll take you wherever you need to go. But let's pray, shall we? I awake to love, to live, to hope in you. Amen. And our prayer for the time of the year. I speak to you. Be still. Know I am God. I spoke to you when you were born. Be still. Know I am God. I spoke to you at your first sight. Be still. Know I am God. I spoke to you at your first word. Be still. Know I am God. I spoke to you at your first thought. Be still, no, I am God. I spoke to you at your first song. Be still, no, I am God. I spoke to you through the grass of the meadows. Be still, no, I am God. I spoke to you through the trees of the forest. Be still, no, I am God. I speak to you through the valleys and the hills. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the holy mountains. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the rain and the snow. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the waves of the sea. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the dew of the morning. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the peace of the evening. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the splendor of the sun. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the brilliant stars. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the storm and the clouds. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the thunder and lightning. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you through the mysterious rainbow. Be still. No, I am God. I will speak to you when you are alone. Be still. No, I am God. I will speak to you through the wisdom of the ancients. Be still. No, I am God. I will speak to you at the end of the time. Be still. No, I am God. I will speak to you when you see my angels. Be still. No, I am God. I will speak to you throughout eternity. Be still. No, I am God. I speak to you. Be still. Know I am God. Amen. And we say the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and forevermore. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. You've been listening to Walking the Way. All the details for today's episode can be found in the show notes, including the scripture passages and credits for the prayers. Just a reminder that if you'd like to partner with Walking the Way, then please head to www.givesendgo.com forward slash walking the way. And for more information, head to rayborrett.co.uk or you can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can also listen to Walking the Way on TuneIn, YouTube and if you're in the States, I believe radio.com. But my name is Ray. And so until next time, I'll be here waiting as we continue Walking the Way.